everyone, Leanne Wilkinson here for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations. I am so excited to introduce you to my guest for this week, Vin Jiang. Welcome, Vin. Hi, Leanne, and hi to everyone listening. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for being here. I'm sure a lot of you don't, maybe um, are not aware of the work that Vin does, but I found, I stumbled across some of your videos when I was doing a presentation on perceptions. And so I've, I've mixed that, the little um, clip that you do with the close up magic. Oh, and you throw the I tissue didn't over. Yeah, yeah. I you throw the this. tissue over, over <laughs> her. Um, over her back and I just I just absolutely love that clip and so I've been stalking you pretty much since then and of course then did one of your online masterclasses back in May I decided with all of the lockdown and everything I needed to do something for me because I was giving so much of myself to our real estate institute members and my Lang and Simmons franchisees I really wanted to do something for me so I did one of your masterclasses which I absolutely loved i've done a lot of that sort of stuff before and it was really you're very good at what you do <laughs> and i i love that you say that because before you just told me you don't say things i for the don't thing. i know <laughs> absolutely people that know me know i don't say nice things for the sake of it oh. it's not my style so no you yeah it Thank was you. just awesome and that so what i would love to do is to maybe if you just give everybody a bit of an overview of what you did do until you sort of moved back to australia just recently and then we can sort of go back in time well, if I, if I give people a bit of context, so yeah. for me, I've just come back from Australia. I was in the US for the last three and a half years and I pursued a speaking career over there. Mm-hmm. And I did a bunch of speaking and it was a, it's a fascinating industry to, to navigate. And to me, I became particularly interested in it about five years ago. So I've been speaking as a keynote speaker now for about five years. And my journey is that I started as a magician And to me, magic has two areas. There's the technical sleight of hand area, and then there's the showmanship, which is the fancy word for communication skills. So for me, I fell in love with the showmanship aspect. And as I was keynote speaking, I decided to speak about communication skills and why it's so important. So I've done that for the last three years in the US. And because of the whole COVID-19 situation, I wanted to escape back to Australia. Can't blame you for that. It's all getting a bit crazy over there. And to to give you the up to the moment kind of update, I've done three weeks of quarantine, two weeks in a hotel, one at home, about to go crazy. Oh my goodness. And you've got a little one as well. So that would have been an interesting experience. Yeah, almost left him in Melbourne. Almost couldn't (laughs) handle it and uh, left him there. (laughs) So if we just go back a little bit, you were a magician. Yes. um, In living in Adelaide. Yep, born and bred. And you won an award. And that yeah, we're young, we young Entrepreneur of the Year. So we won yep. that in uh, 2013 for building an online platform teaching magic tricks. Right. So we, we built it up to about 50,000 users and you know, we were recognized with an award. And, and that's how I actually began the speaking journey. Right. Because after we won that award, they asked me to speak. And okay. that's when I went, wow, I, I love this thing. This is actually really fun. And were you any good at it? No. No, I, I don't think you know this story, but the first time I spoke was for a building association in Sydney. Right. And I was super excited and I was super pumped. I was like, wow, this is my passion. And then I did it. I walked off stage. I felt great. Yeah. And then the CEO walks up to me and he says, have you done this before? And it just crushed my soul and came home, told my wife, oh, I'm never speaking again. I'll stick to the magic <laughs> stuff. I'm, I'm way more amazing at magic. And, and about a week later he sends me a three-page email on how I can improve. 
Right. And I, I couldn't believe it did this. I thought, wow, this is so nice. And I mean, I got paid and I refunded the money because I felt so awful. But that, that email got me back into it. Wow. And I, th- I think it, it reminded me that we don't start off great. We, quite frankly, start off pretty crap. And that's a normal part of the process. And I, forgo- I had forgotten that. Yeah. Because I think one of the problems is once you get good at something, I got really good at magic, you forget the beginner's mindset. Right. And I forgot it because I thought, oh, well, I should be immediately good at this. And, and it was quite a humbling experience. So how did you get good at it? Oh, relentless repetition. I think one of the, one of the methods, you know, I've, I've taught you in the class as well, Leanne, is that you've got to watch yourself back. Yeah. And especially if you want to get good at communication or presentation skills, you have to watch yourself back because when you watch yourself back, that acts as a mirror. And, you know, I, I've, I've been to a lot of different offices around the world and I, I find that a lot of people tend to have mirrors in their office to make sure they don't have anything in their teeth or they make sure that, you know, the way their dress looks right. You need to have a mirror for your vocal image as well as your visual image. And I've actually had students who have gone 15 years without having a look at their vocal image mm-hmm. and they don't realise they have something metaphorically stuck in their teeth. Yeah. So, so to me, through the process of recording and reviewing, recording and reviewing, I was able to start to, to polish the way I was able to communicate. I was able to understand certain things that made me come across arrogant, certain things that made me come across insincere. And it's just that process of recording and reviewing, recording and reviewing. And being willing to go, you know what, that sucked. And wow, yeah. I came across as a bit of a, you know, know-it-all or whatever, whatever it is. A lot of us don't want to actually admit that stuff. Absolutely. And I think that the longer we go without doing it, the harder it is to do sure. it. And the, this is why everybody hates watching a video of themselves back or that they hate listening to themselves on audio. Yeah. However, it's, it's just, again, one of the most important things as we try to improve ourselves as communicators. Well, because but that's me, the way you look and that's the way you sound. You yeah. know, whether you like it or you and, don't, it is what it is, right? And this is probably quite sickening for the, for the listeners and the viewers, but when I watch my videos back, I actually quite like it now. It's disgusting. I know I'm a monster. It's disgusting. But, but I think it's important for us to like the way that we sound. It's important for us sure. to like the way that we look. Yeah. So it's a part of, and I went through that process for years, Leanne. I mean, yeah. I, I really wanted this career. Yeah. So I, I, did, I did about six months of vocal training, not to become a singer. I also did about six, oh no, sorry, I did about two to three years of theatre. I did improv to learn how to become more free with my body language. And I didn't do that because I wanted to become an actor or a comedian, but rather I did it to learn what makes a great communicator. Well, you did encourage everybody in our class to do improv. I um, finished um, our class on the Saturday and I started my improv. There's awesome. news for everybody. I started my improv on the Wednesday night. It was absolutely bloody hilarious, can I tell you? It it's was so funny. It's the most fun we have as adults. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's important to, to talk just quickly why I, I, I kind of promote improv yeah. so much too is that improv is a place for us to play. Yeah. And when you, when you start to do improv, you know, a lot of people are so afraid of going on stage and going blank and, oh, what if I forget what I'm going to say? The skill of improv gives you a sense of confidence like nothing else, because no matter what happens, you can improvise your way through it. Mm-hmm. You'll be no longer scared of going on stage or you won't be scared of doing an interview because what is a conf- you and I right now are doing conversational improv. Yeah. 
And because we've got a bit of that experience with the improv, it's so easy to just to go back and forward, go back and forward. And I think people have to realize that's actually a skill yeah. that you can learn. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was really, um, it was a lot of fun. I had to become a, um, a life coach for dolphins <laughs> sessions. So that was, and of course, I had my husband sitting down there he could hear everything I was doing and after right. I got I after I got off the zoom session he just went whiffy <laughs> what on earth was that all about don't oh, worry okay. about it Bob <laughs> probably did you join some kind of weird cult <laughs> <laughs> exactly doing dolphin impressions yeah. anyway I'm not going to go back there <laughs> oh my goodness that's hilarious oh, but you see it's, it's look again I think it's just it's, it's a place where you learn an incredible skill that, that at the core of it all, it's for confidence. Yeah. And, and it's a fun way to gain confidence and it's a great way to expose yourself to discomfort. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, to become, again, bringing it back to communication, I think to become a great communicator, we have to increase our discomfort tolerance. Yeah. Because communicating, whether it's about difficult topics or communicating in front of lots of people, they're, they're uncomfortable situations. Yeah. So the better our tolerance, the better we are able to serve those in our community, in our company, in our business, our clients, etc. So to me, it's a really important. Practice. Yeah, the, the first couple of lessons, there were times when I felt like I can just press that little red leaf button and, <laughs> and jump out and what are they going to do? No one's going to be able to find me, right? I'm at home, safe right. at home. Because it was making me feel really uncomfortable. But then I realized that was actually the point. And, you know, the older you get and the more senior and the more experienced you get, you don't put yourself in places of discomfort very often, right? Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was valuable. Which reminds me of that quote we were speaking about in, in the masterclass and it's that marked by Mark Twain. Is, uh, he, he says that you worry less about what other people think of you when you realize how seldom they do. That's so you know, true. We, we, we tend to have this kind of perception that everyone is looking at us, everyone's watching and waiting till we do something wrong, but yeah. everybody is more concerned about what they're doing. And, and the fear of judgment from others, it's an yeah. illusion. Yeah, I mean, other absolutely. people, they barely think about you. They're thinking about themselves and what they need to do for their family and the groceries and what they're gonna cook tonight. So yeah. I think we need to learn to, to recognize that the fear of that judgment, it's actually an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what prompted the move to the US? My, I, I, I started my career as a speaker here in 2013. Mm-hmm. And so I've built a fairly solid career here. Mm-hmm. And to me, I've always looked at the US. I don't know if it was through watching movies and everything, but I just went, wow what a great challenge it would be to try to build a really successful career in the U S as a speaker. Like I, I, it would give me an opportunity, you know, I'm young, I've got at the time it was just me and my wife. And I thought, well, my mum always said this, my mum said, look, son, uh, we've, we've, uh, we've groomed you to fly. So why don't you take these wings for a test? And, and she always pushed me to try something more, try something bigger wow. and stop kind of flying around in my comfort zone. What a beautiful gift. Yeah, mum's pretty cool. Yeah. Mum's pretty cool. She, 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 I think she makes my brother and I sometimes a little bit too confident, which could be bad for us. But, <laughs> but it's great. She, she always tells us, you know, oh, you're capable of more. You know, there's more to you. And yeah. so I've always had that kind of nagging in the back of my head. So I thought, oh, the US. Yeah. You're about this American dream and all these things. And then I... You know, I mapped out the blueprint. I remember buying about 15 books on how to build a 
keynote speaking career and I read them all within six months and mapped it all out. Had a plan, asked yeah. my wife, you want to do it? And she said, yes. So I was like, I'll oh, it. Let's do it. And then just as we're about to leave, found out we we're pregnant. Oh, wow. So your so, baby was born in the US? No, no absolutely not. Um, okay. <laughs> born here, absolutely. So we were like, look, let's wait till the, the boy's okay. born. Yeah. And we literally moved when he was two months old. Yeah, right. Okay. And yeah. so how did, you, how did you do that? How did you find business and build yeah. your business over there? So while my wife was pregnant, she's, she's, she's an incredible woman. She's like, well, why don't you fly back and forth now to the US oh, wow. while I'm pregnant okay. and lay down the groundwork? Yeah. So what I did was I researched all the bureaus, the speaking bureaus. I researched all the speaking managers. And I started to do my due diligence. Yeah. And to give you a bit of insight, I realized that there was a international association of speaker bureaus. Okay. So even speaker bureaus have an association. I thought, this yeah, is great. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked for the past presidents of that association. Yeah. Not for the current president. Too many speakers go for their attention. Yeah. And I reached out to one, built really good rapport, really good connection, found a keynote in the US, offered to do it for free. Yeah. Then flew the past president out, flew multiple bureau agents out. It cost me a fortune because oh, I, yeah. I didn't know what to do. So I thought, look, best way for me to get their attention is fly in business class and put them in a swanky hotel. Wow. And say it's all on me. And I, I, I genuinely did that. It cost me cost me a lot of money, but I, <laughs> but I did it. They were all like, wow, you put us in a hotel and you pay for it? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it all. Just come watch me speak. And that event was- That's uh, confidence. Uh, yeah, again, mum. Mum, yeah. Mum's fault, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've fallen on my face multiple times though, so yeah. this is just some of the winning stories. And then, all right. <laughs> so we got that, we got that, went in, got that event in Los Angeles. Yeah. I flew three agents, a uh, ex-president in, ex-president of an association. Mm. They came in, they watched the keynote and I was so lucky that it was in front of two and a half thousand members from a company called Cornet. Mm -hmm. Crazy, but big standing ovation at the end. They were blown away. They said, all right, let's fly you into the bureaus. Let's meet the bureaus. Let's get you onto our books ASAP. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that year I flew back and forth to the US about six, seven times. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, Fantastic. my wife is a pharmacist, so I was, okay. uh, I was sleeping most of the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's very handy. Very handy. You've got this great business in the US speaking um, at events around the country and probably internationally too, I guess, and then COVID hits. How did you, how did you cope with that? Were you doing any online work when, before that happened? Oh, not at all. My, my business was purely live events. Yeah. So I was doing about 80 live events a year for corporates. And then yeah. I did about six to 10 of my live workshops myself. So yeah. I produced my own live events. And when COVID hit, I remember it was March, early March, I was still doing yeah. keynotes. Yeah. And then by mid-March, my entire diary was wiped clean. Yeah. It wasn't 90% of the business gone, 95. It was 100% of the business gone. Yeah. For the first couple of days, I was pretty cool about it. I was like, oh, you know, be like Bruce Lee, be water, you know, be fine. <laughs> it's about the third day. I remember this specifically because I woke up genuinely with a panic attack. Yeah. I freaked out and I didn't know what to do. Spent the whole day just kind of really upset, moping around. I actually had, had a bit of a cry to my wife and, you know, really upset of the whole situation. And, and then that's when I realized that I when I started blaming the world and damn that person who ate that bat, 
And when I get so upset, I, I'm just taking all the power away from myself. Yeah. And I, I just kind of said, well, look, if you kind of take responsibility of this and, and try to save the business, what would you do? And, and that's when I started building the, the virtual studio and doing classes online and had to learn everything from scratch. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was an intense, intense period of becoming a mad scientist. And it evolved over time too, didn't it? I know at the end of our masterclass, you sort of showed all of the tech and, and how it evolved over the... Because I don't know which how many you'd done before the one I did, but I think you'd only done a few. Yeah, you, you, you were a part of the third iteration of right. the, the paid classes. Before that, I did smaller kind of trial and error classes that I'm, I feel so bad for those students who came to that one. But I, you know, I basically did it out of my bedroom. I mean, I don't remember yeah. if you saw the pictures. I was literally sitting in one of my bedrooms just just doing it. And then I yeah. did it in one of my, my other rooms, which is the gym. Yeah. So I, I was just experimenting. And again, that, that mindset we spoke about at the beginning is that the beginner's mindset. Yeah. You have to understand that being crap is a part of the price that you have to pay to get good. I'm going to quote you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The price of being good is being crap. Yeah. Price of entry. You're going to pay that at the at the gate. Yeah, absolutely. What you saw was was literally the paid and kind of experimenting was the eighth or seventh iteration. Yeah, right. As I said to you before, I was really impressed with how engaging you were able to make it because I've spoken to a lot of, um, I've done a lot of webinars and a lot of Zoom like everybody has and some people are able to engage you through the camera and other people not so much. So yeah, it is, well, it's a skill. It's what I talk about a lot to people in my industry uh, as yeah. speakers. There, there's speakers who are saying, look, this is a great time to retire. I'm out. I no longer want to play this game. And then there are speakers who, like myself, are trying and experimenting. And, mm-hmm. and within the group of speakers who are experimenting, what you're saying is the truth. It's reality. Mm-hmm. There's a group that is doing it well, and then there's a group that's not. And, and the group that's not, it's because they're trying to repurpose what they used to do live in person online. Yeah. Whereas I find that the group that's doing it better, they're not repurposing anything. They're recreating a new experience. Yeah. So instead of trying to, to you know, fit a square through a triangle, we're going, okay, well, this is a triangle now. We need to create a triangle to put through it. So I think that's the mindset that sometimes lets some people down is that I often say to my speaker friends, uh, speaking is kind of like golf. It feels a, I mean, I don't play, but... It, it feels a bit, you know, classy and swanky. I feel like virtual is a bit more like the UFC. It's, it's brutal. Because yeah. when I say something in the class and I think it's funny, I get no feedback. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah, you know. And you just laugh at yourself, right? You do. And, and, yeah. and I just, you know, sometimes, and what I started realizing, and I remember this is a lesson through iteration, the first iteration, was that I used to say a joke as we're all being humorous on, on, the, on, on the live masterclass. And then at the end of the humor line, I would do an apology face because I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't even know if this is funny. So when I watched myself back, because I, I watch every masterclass back, I go, why do I keep doing that face? Yeah. And it's because, again, you need to learn. This is a new environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually more draining. Yeah, I would have. I, I agree. It's much harder. Um, it's much harder work being um, virtual than it is being live because you don't. You get an energy from an audience, right? Yeah. That you don't get 
um, in this environment. And I think your point about not repurposing but recreating for a new yeah. environment is a really valid one that a lot of speakers need to learn. And I think it's relevant not only to speakers but every industry. Yeah. I think even in real estate, for example, right, yeah. as, as the real estate industry is going through this, I think having that mindset of how can we recreate a new experience and something yeah. completely different as opposed to how do, we just, how do we just put something in place of it for now? Yeah, yeah, that I, makes sense. Yeah, I think we live in a world now where I think COVID could be around for a while. I think it's going to go, come back, go, come back. And, and as the world's learning how to adjust to it, like we're seeing in Victoria right now, yeah. some businesses are not going to survive this, next, no. this, this current lockdown. Yeah. So to me, I think every business does, needs to start to look at how do we future-proof ourselves or how do we pandemic-proof ourselves, ourselves and, and, I, and it's not easy. The answer is never simple. No. No, that's for sure. Now, you, you said to me, obviously, you've had three weeks in quarantine, which would be quite the challenge. And you've kind of started to, you, it's given you the time and space to reimagine yeah. um, what your world looks like from a business perspective. Tell me about that process and, and where the business is going to go from here. A huge part of it, Leanne, was, was I realised that I spent the majority of my life living just to work. I, I'm a massive workaholic. I, and that's one of the dangers of doing what you love is, is you do too much of it that mm-hmm. you, know, you forget and you sometimes neglect your family and you neglect your friends and your other responsibilities in life. Mm-hmm. I'm, a huge, I'm a huge victim to that. So to me, reflecting upon that, in this next chapter of my life, I really want to actually work to live, mm-hmm. to put simply. Yep. I, want to, I want to build a business around my life as opposed to building my life around the business. Yeah. And, and the big move home was, a, was that big first step towards that. And when I look at it, I look at Australia as a beautiful middle ground. Mm-hmm. America is incredible for career. I've never experienced opportunity like that. Mm-hmm. But the lesson I learned was the more success you want, the more you have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I never saw the correlation between those two things. I only saw the rosy side of success. Right. Oh, the more success, the better. The more success, the better. And, and my old man said one thing to me that just kind of really shook me. And he said, a king that knows the limits to his desires will rule a lifetime. Wow. I Was your dad Confucius? Uh, yeah, I think he's Sounds a bit like connected to Confucius. He's very <laughs> Confucius, which sometimes becomes extremely annoying because he's like, the actions you take are like the wind. I'm like, What? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes, uh, he should just grow a beard and he'll start to... <laughs> Exactly. But, but when he said that to me, it made me realize that my, I, I've started to, to lose track of you know, desire and greed and the, the want for more, which was actually ultimately causing me a lot of pain. Yeah, right. The more you want, the more you kind of have to suffer to get it. Yeah. So you just got to learn, well, you know, what are the limits to your desires? And, and to me, I, I took a look back at my life, Leanne, and reflected with my wife. And I just realized this next chapter, I want to live more, more experiences where I love camping. So I want to go camping more and finally become okay with, you know, having no toilets and pooping in the ground and stuff. So that's fine. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Very transparent human being here. But I I love being out in nature. Yeah. And uh, I I find it very healing. Yeah. 
So to me, I love doing that. I love doing other little things. I want to explore different passion projects that are not tied to any form of commercialization. Yeah, nice. Just have fun again, which I haven't done in a very long time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So to me, it's living and then it's building out the virtual business. Yes, okay. Speaking a lot less. I've dropped the speaking to, I, I set a max of 15 events a year. Okay. Going from 80 to 15. And yeah, just let's explore this virtual world that we live in now. And so you're going to do more of the virtual masterclass, the speaking virtual masterclass that you did, that I did? Yes. There's more of that. Yeah. I think I'm going to, again, one of the things I've learned as well is that when you do too much of something, you no longer enjoy it. Yep. And I mean, it's like, it's, it's, but what the way I learned it was I couldn't believe there was a point in my life I actually hated magic. I was like, that's impossible. Mm. Magic is one of the most fun things in the world, but I did so much of it that I loathed it. Yeah. Now I, I said to myself, okay, I don't want to hate these virtual things. Yeah. So I want to do maybe one a month. Yeah. Maybe one every two months. Yeah. Otherwise, so what else will you do? I, I also still want to do my live events. Yeah. I, I okay. get a lot out of doing the live, live events. I mean, kind of selfishly. Yeah. When, you know, one of the concepts I talk about in the masterclass is breaking the mold. The idea of breaking out of our comfort zone to explore our voice and our instrument. Yeah. When it's live, Leanne, I can push you further. Yes. When it's on, when it's you, when it's virtual. Yeah. Understanding the foundations to the concepts and the philosophies. I think it's great. Yeah. But then I think the live events are so powerful because I can tell now after teaching for the last three years, when you've got more. Yeah, sure. I've built that kind of sensitivity, the emotional sure. intelligence there to go. And oh, you can, you can hide more. Um, you can hide more when it's virtual. There's no doubt about that. That, absolutely. So, so, so to me, when it's in person, I can see you, I can hear you, I can feel you. So to me, I, I, I get to push my students further. Yeah, yeah. So to me, between amazing. the virtuals, the 15 events a year and, and the, live. Uh, the live classes, I, I think that's, that's professionally, that's... That's enough. That's enough for me. Yep. And, and what you're doing here, I'm truly intrigued by this. There's this whole idea of doing a podcast. Yeah. So one of the studios that, you know, you see the mess behind me is, yep. is a podcast room. Yep. So I'm building out, out a bit of a studio to Fantastic. explore this, to have fun. Yeah. So podcast from, from Vin in, in our future. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be one of, with, with one of my best friends in my life. And every, every episode we'll be discussing a book that we really loved and adored and extracting the lessons from it and discussing it, challenging it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah like a virtual book club yeah yeah except except we we want to we want we want to stress test some of the ideas okay you know and and, and just deep dive into it and, and discuss it at length <laughs> well i will look forward to uh, please let me know when they are up and live oh, and I'll, I'll um i'll share them with, thank um, with oh, thank my you. network as well maybe don't share the first few because remember no. <laughs> as you start, they're going to be crap and and <laughs> share, share number oh. six I can't even remember who, what my first podcast was. I'm going to have to go back and, and remember who my very first guest was. Oh. That's terrible. I've done about, I don't know, you'd be, you'd be close to number 50, I think. Wow. So, you're, yeah, you're I'll very, have to go back. You're very fluid. It, 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 oh, shows, you. it shows. You're very fluid. I, I've done a lot where it's a bit, you know, uh, 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 so you're very fluid. And I don't do any research either, which is probably not good. But that's when the um, improv comes in yeah, handy, right? 
Well, this is why this is spontaneous. It's, exactly. it's we're creating as we go. There's something way more special about that than kind of pre-planned. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's more dynamic. So if anybody who's um, watching us would like to see more about the virtual masterclass or understand what you do when we, we will be able to have live events again very soon. Yeah. And we have a great um, live event um, usually in May called ARIC, which is a real estate conference. So I'll make sure I send this through to the, the team at ARIC because um, you'd be an amazing speaker on that platform. Oh, thank you. Um, so how, do, how does everybody find you? Look, you can, you can find me on, A, you can find me on social media. I'm pretty responsive there. It's uh, Ask Vim, so A-S-K-V-I-M-H. Or you can go to my website, which is stageworkshop.live. And you can kind of check out what I do there. And Leanne, thank you again for, hey. for giving me the opportunity to, to have a chat with you and, 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 and talk to your yeah. audience. Thank you. Yeah, that's my absolute pleasure. Obviously, I think everybody already gets the idea that I loved, um, I loved the masterclass and would definitely recommend it. But um, any of you can just reach out and have more of a conversation with me about that if you would like to. So thank you so much, Vin. Welcome home. I'm glad you're out of quarantine and you are still married with a baby. That's awesome. and <laughs> we do have a second child. You know that, right? We left the second child. Oh, damn. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not that much of a monster. No, uh, well, I will look forward to actually being able to meet you in person one day and, and maybe come to one of your live events. Yeah, well, if not, I hopefully we'll meet you at one of the real estate events. Hopefully. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Leanne.